to Films for the Many Folks. This week we have a special little gremlin on, a woman close to my heart, it's Miss Gabrielle Murr. Since the moment I met her, no one can ever decide who is the ultimate bad influence. It's a wonderful problem to have, knowing that on a night out there's a possibility that someone might have been more embarrassing than me. We've been separated for four months now, but it seems like four years when neither of us are wrecking the bars. It's good to know that our friendship extends beyond getting paralytic on nights out. Lockdown really does put relationships to the test. She shocked me in this episode because while she is a renowned Mongo of Belfast, she's actually surprisingly articulate when she's sober and knows her filmology. I also got the pleasure of having a few cameos from her dear mother, uh, Vivian Moore. When not in lockdown, Gabby was strutting her stuff around Queen's University, falling down flights of stairs in any multi-level bar or nightclub and being Ella, 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 A, A, A. Welcome to my little film podcast. Now I've one especially sponsored by Thompson's Garage, Misfit on a Friday, if that still exists. Oh, thanks for having me. It's so nice to see you. You look so <laughs> My most beautiful guest yet. No one else looks well. nice when they come on. Um, so honestly, have you actually listened to any of the episodes? I won't take offence. I listened to the first or second one ever well made and a little bit of last week's but okay apart from that so I'm coming in blind here yeah well I said I would take offense but it will severely affect the quality of your Christmas present this year oh <laughs> how is uh, Bobby Sands turf lapped how's what <laughs> Rathkill oh, oh. <laughs> I mean it's Rathkill isn't it you always get the place here every now and again and um, rapping on the doors. We've had a few calls, not to our house, but the flat beside us. Oh, There's is there people man. disobeying all the lockdown rules? No, it's always just this one man who, oh, okay. he always gets lifted by the place and we don't know why or what the crack is, but he's always hovering about. There's always drama around here. A few oh, sirens. Good. It keeps things spicy. Uh, do you think your episode is on track to be better than BK's? Obviously. No if it's anything like if it's going to be anything like my crack then obviously great so northern ireland's obviously back in lockdown which is shite and i'm so sorry but i don't want to make you blush in front of the nation but you have been testing the nation for coronavirus since june how has that been um hard work to say the least it's it's absolutely hectic especially since now there's this new like turnaround so basically we have to do I can't even remember the figures of crazy amount of samples in a day and we have the turnaround of 24 hours or something or 48 hours so it's literally non-stop. Do you remember when that was just meant to be a summer job and a kind of a lockdown job and now it's basically December? Six weeks or six months it's been now. Jesus Christ. I can't believe it, especially because I went home for your your end of shifts drinking session, which um, obviously we're going to have to have another one. And I know my leaving party, but now it's the 10th of December officially. Woo! Almost finished. Um, I just worry that we shouldn't really be trusting this uh, testing system because you're the same girl that fell down two flights of stairs at Box Nightclub in 2016. Yeah, I mean... Mm. I'm pretty good at testing but I mean everybody does the same kind of thing so I wouldn't worry about that. We should all trust the testing system in Northern Ireland um, yep. even though you can't stand up and walk downstairs when you're drunk but that's fine. Nope. If we weren't in lockdown what do you think we'd be doing right this second? 
So 29th of November on a Sunday, probably deathly hungover, I would say. I think we'd be deathly, deathly hungover from Andrew Anderson's 24th birthday. Yes. Oh my God. That is exactly what we'd be doing. He would have had his party yesterday and we would have been dead today. Yeah. Yeah, Hopefully a house party. It would have been. Yeah. Can you tell the listeners what you are actually doing today? So what I actually did today was I went to Hillside Nursery because all I do with my life now is go for walks and be old. Like this this is what life is like when you're 24. I don't want it. Yeah. So my, my 60 plus year old parents love Hillside for we dander by the garden center so yeah your life has become incredibly depressing no sorry to make up <laughs> not give you any um inspirational motivational encouragement for lockdown three or four whatever northern ireland is in now well we're getting out of the lockdown chat and onto the business first things first have you ever seen a film i have seen a film a few a few good okay that's better than Ben who I think he'd seen like two films in his life or something been to the cinema like I'd believe it yeah he was he's, he's great chap but his film knowledge was mediocre <laughs> <laughs> no Alan Campbell no Alan Campbell Alan Campbell was just too intense for me actually it was one thing <laughs> it was too much anyway so the saddest thing about this pandemic is that we were actually going to make our grand return to Praha or Prague and it was going to be a great group and we were going to have a repeat of Prague 2015 whereby you went to about three police stations in that one city and I nearly decapitated Kiva Drummond with a taxi door. See I don't remember that part. I think your memory's no. Yeah so this is where you lost your phone so we got in the taxi in Prague at 3am and for some reason only me you and Abby were going to get in the taxi we all got in the back you decided to drop your phone and leave it in the taxi and Keith and tried to get in the taxi and I said no 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 and shut the door in her head I <laughs> know so, terrible terrible oh. not funny <laughs> anyway we we're gonna make a great return and Keith was not gonna come on that trip after last time probably but fun. unfortunately it's sad that we're not there but Gabby what is a film that makes you sadder than our holiday loss? Sadder than our holiday loss. There's only been, so this is the thing with movies. I don't really get, with movies, I don't really get emotional. Kind of. Really? Well, I would have thought if you was kind of an emotional film person. Well, it's only if I'm really hungover. Like, there's some things that really yeah. pull on my heartstrings. But the saddest movie, like, it has to be really sad for me to be sad crying. Mm-hmm. But the saddest movie I've ever seen was 12 Years a Slave is okay. the saddest movie I've ever seen. Obviously, you know, like, I think you're quite good with films. Like, I think you watch a lot of films. I would go to you for a recommendation, I'd reckon. Mm-hmm. And I actually hadn't seen 12 Years a Slave until today because I watched it in okay. anticipation. And it's a very good film, very sad. Don't think I'll watch it again because no. it's, it's actually unbearable to watch. Yeah. When did you watch it? So I'd watched it when it first came out. I don't think I watched it in the cinema, but it must have been when it came out on TV. And then I'd never, I've never been able to watch it again. It is one of those films at the time. I remember it was, everyone was talking about it. Everyone, it was winning so many awards. For some reason, I just didn't um, watch it. Maybe it was just because the topic was a bit tense for me. But um, it, it's a, so it's a, for those that haven't seen it, it's a biographical period drama starring 
Chiatel Ijafor as Solomon, who is a African-American man that gets kidnapped. He's a free man, but he gets kidnapped and um, enslaved and taken to a slave plantation somewhere in America. I'm not sure where, but it is, it's a shocking film. And I think people have described it as being essential watching for people that don't really understand slave trade in America and is there any particular scenes for you that kind of stood out or made it so sad or heart-wrenching? So I can remember one scene very well and it was the lashing scene okay in the farmyard that's probably it was like it's like a it's almost like traumatizing yeah there's actually quite a lot of lashing scenes um is this the one near the start I think when he's first kind of no, captured no, no I don't think I don't think it's um him that's la- getting lashed oh it's um oh Patsy yes yeah yeah. Patsy, yeah so Patsy so Patsy is played by Lupita Nyong'o who was just like spectacular to watch I think she was for me she was the star I know obviously Solomon is the main the main guy and the film is based on um the book that he wrote mm-hmm. about his experience being a slave but her her whole experience I think is just like shocking to watch mm-hmm. like I, I think the one that stood the scene that stood out for me was when she's being raped by the slave owner mm-hmm. and she doesn't do anything like she doesn't cry she doesn't try and fight it she just takes it yeah I think she's such a great actress as well like that was the first time I'd ever seen her and I thought she was such a great actress like I really really loved her yeah, and she did win a lot of awards, like rightly won a lot of awards for it. But I feel like not a disappointing part of the film, but the, what I wanted to know is what happened to her. Yeah. And you don't get that. No. You don't get anything like that. The slave owner is obsessed with her. And I don't know if it's because he's in love with her or because she's like his prized slave. Do you remember? No. Anyway, I have a question for you. So her story in particular is quite, is like heart-wrenching, very difficult to watch. And... What she wants to do is she wants Solomon to kill, like kill her, to put her out of her misery. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to watch because obviously you see Solomon who's like trying to get, has this hope that he'll get back to his family someday. Whereas those other slaves that aren't technically free just see no way out and it's just no life. And some of them are would be better treated if they were dogs than humans. Mm-hmm. Obviously we've just had the Black Lives Matter movement in the summer um, after the um George Floyd murder do you see the so obviously slavery in America is a big part of this issue do you and obviously you're open to your own opinion it's it's there's no right or wrong answer do you still find that this is an America problem or uh do you see a British problem in the way that black people are treated still in modern day oh of course it's not just an American problem most people most people focus it around uneducated I mean would focus it around and say oh it's an American problem it's an American problem when it's not I mean Mm -hmm. if you really look into it even in Northern Ireland that's a big Northern Irish problem as well so definitely don't think it's an American problem just obviously that movie Mm -hmm. 12 Years a Slave is based in America but the whole Black Lives Matter movement and the unlawful treatment of like I just don't I don't think that it's an American problem yeah and I think something that people forget and when you look back at slavery, obviously slavery is a very historical issue. It was like British colonialism that brought slaves to America. It wasn't like an America, like a creation of American people. It was British people bringing in slaves 
So this film is really, and also this film is actually really um, accurate because I tried to like, I tried to find some like people that disagreed with the film. It's, I wasn't, I didn't actually know who directed or anything. It was a man called Steve McQueen, who is actually the, was the first um, black filmmaker to win Best Picture at the Oscars. So Gabby, you've, you've picked a really good film. A very, a very prominent film. I'm very impressed. <laughs> so it's a standout film and it is like historically very accurate professor from the University of Reading actually said that it, it they'd never seen a film that represented slavery so accurately so I do think this is a film that people should almost be forced to watch just to yeah. learn a bit about history but then you have people on the other side that say like there's the white savior aspect because you have Brad Pitt that comes in and he's the one that saves them but I didn't see anyone else that could have saved Solomon from it kind of had to be a, black, uh, a white person and then there's other people that comment and say that like oh, like black people can only be, black film can only be successful if it's about slavery and about race instead of just everyday issues that black people face, which I kind of understand because I could kind of compare it to the troubles in that sometimes Irish films are just centered around the troubles and like partition in Ireland and it's kind of like fixating on the past. And actually Mr. Little said to us, do you remember Mr. Little from BRI? Did you like him? Oh, yeah, I did like him. Yeah, I quite liked him. He was kind of like Marmite, though. Some people didn't really um, yeah. rate him. But he used to say to us in English that that the only way that like Northern Ireland would get over the troubles is if we would stop talking about it, as yeah. if it stopped being headline news every single day. Yeah. So I think this film, some people found, you know, that was an issue. But actually, I think it's a great film yeah. for, you know, the first the first Black filmmaker to win Best yeah. Picture film. Yeah. So this is a great film, Gabby. Well done. Yeah, it is a great film. Great film. Incredibly sad. I'll never watch it again. Thanks yeah, for pressing me further on yeah. Sunday. See, now that we've spoken about it, I am thinking I will watch it again because it has been, obviously, I I, I hadn't watched it since the first time I'd seen it. Yeah. And it might be good for me to watch again if I can bring myself to watch it again, I think. I wouldn't watch it during lockdown if I was you. I'd watch it in no. the summer when your mood is a bit... Yeah. peaked up at the minute it's it's made me very sad yeah. um but it's really good it's a really good watch um I'm very proud of you well done you've hit this episode out the park to start with we're in lockdown Northern Ireland uh I'm not in Northern Ireland but the cinemas are closed in Northern Ireland yet again film can you only see at the cinema so uh the- <laughs> I just even just thinking about this movie oh god <laughs> So the film I can only see in the cinema is a movie called Fargo. And again, I've only seen this movie once and it was in the cinema. (laughs) So it wasn't in your normal cinema in Mm -hmm. Belfast. I saw this movie in Vienna. You were there. I was there. (laughs) Story is we were interrailing and we we were at a stop in Vienna um, and we thought it would be really a really nice idea if you can remember, we thought it'd be a really nice idea to go to a rooftop cinema and watch a movie. So we got to the rooftop cinema, I'm sure you can remember, and we were going to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what it was. I couldn't remember what the other option was. I think, I think. Maybe someone else will correct me if I'm wrong. The only movie that was in English was Fargo. So we just thought, we may as well just do it anyway. We'll go and we'll watch it and I, I honestly don't, I will never watch the movie again. <laughs> it was the strangest. I think we all walked away. We were like, what did we just watch? <laughs> it, it's like the dark, it's like a weird dark humor. 
And yeah. I've never seen a movie like it before. So I hadn't really, I don't think, I think that was the first movie I, I'd ever seen with dark humour. I'd never really seen dark humour. When people talk about Fargo, it's really celebrated. Like it's an amazing film. And I'm always quite happy to be like, yeah, I've seen it. But actually all of us were like, what the hell did we just watch? We it wanted to watch so like nice. a happy, like, because it was such a nice place. We were watching it like rooftop cinema. We'd walked yeah. up about 2000 steps to get up to this rooftop cinema. I think I'd been in bed for the past three days before with the sun, the sunstroke that yeah. I always get. Um, so I was buzzing to get out of the hostel to go watch film. And all of us were just like, what did we just say? I also remember me and you got like sushi at the bottom. Yep. I think. Yep. yep. There was a, at the bottom of this, I don't, like the rooftop that we were on was not a cinema. It was like, re- it was like a renovated cinema thing. Yeah. It was and cool. It, there was like stands at the bottom, food stands, and there was a food cart that was making and selling sushi. I remember. I think you got cucumber sushi, and I got cucumber yeah. maki, and I got salmon maki. Weird memory. Your memory, your memory is shocking me because, Gabby, no offense, you can barely remember last week when I tell you. So I'm like, oh, do you remember that time? You're like, no, nah, I have no idea. Where's your memory come? Like, look, lockdowns Weird. done wonders for your for your long term. It, it has. It's the lack of alcohol. Yeah, New Fargo was. Probably not something we enjoy, but actually it's a really celebrated film. So for those that haven't seen it, but I think most people, a lot of people have seen it. It's about this. Yeah, like loads of people, like it is really like a big, it's a big deal. It's one. So um, again, you're just killing it with the films at the minute. It was nominated for Palm d'Or, highest accolade of uh, Cannes Film Festival and actually won the Prix de la Mise en Scene for Best Director. So the directors are the Cohen brothers. I'm wondering if you've maybe seen The Big Lebowski or Oh Brother Where Art Thou? No. Okay, well, they're quite like snobby good films. Like Oh Brother Where Art Thou, I actually watched when I was like six or seven because Mickey and Liz had it on. And so I so I tell people I've seen it, but like my brain hadn't fully formed. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> but it's it stars um, Frances McDormand, who, have you seen Three Billboards Outside Epping, Missouri? Yes, is that? I think I have. What's 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 the story of that again? So it's about this woman whose daughter is murdered and raped, well, raped yes. and then murdered, and she rents out three billboards, call into question the police department and whether they did enough to try and find who did it. Mm-hmm. I think me and you spoke about it when when um, we both watched it. So yep. the woman, the mother in that is the main star of Fargo, she, the pregnant. Yes. Um, so I had to look, I had to re-look up obviously what happened yeah. in Fargo because all I remember was that it was snowing the entire time yeah, and people were yeah, being murdered. I haven't, obviously I haven't seen that since we watched it in the cinema and I just remember lots of blood and yeah. snow. And a lots of blood. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like a case. Really it really went completely over all our 18 yeah. year old girl heads. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we were, were not all, expecting that. Probably like we're all dressed in our fake tan, like tiny shorts, like ready to go to the cinema. Like oh. <laughs> so tra- that whole trip was just like a tragedy. Do you remember when we were in um, that really hippie hostel in Budapest and everyone was like so chilled and like lived life and like good vibes, peace out. And we were like, why is there no locks for our doors? Who's the guy that always was in our room? Brian? Was his name Brian? Oh, I see. Now I, I have no idea. I cannot remember that. We literally just stayed in that hostel because it looked like an Instagrammy place because it had multicolored stairs. We picked that one. I think like, we all jointly picked it because some girls a year older than us went to stay in it. We were like, oh, it's so Instagrammy and cute. We'll stay there. But actually, it was in the arse end of nowhere. Awful choice. Yeah. And our hostel room would flood 
every time we had a remember every time we had a shower and there were six of us or that time when we were in Budapest and we were on a night out I think and we were trying to come home in the morning and we got on a bus and accidentally got on the wrong bus and we were taken so far out of Budapest that it wasn't even on like the map and we had no idea what we were doing or where we were going I still can't believe we did that trip literally with paper maps. I don't know why we did that because yeah. we, there was the internet. The internet had been invented, but like we just hadn't actually researched enough into how to use a map pre-data roaming that's allowed now. Head in the brain. <laughs> yeah, and we literally had like that paper map that the hostel gave us, and then like, and to be fair, I think it was kind of slightly my fault. Like me and Emma or me and Kiva were like, maybe it was me and Emma were sitting together, and I was like, we've been on this bus for a long time now. And then we got off the bus and we went, we gave the map to this like Hungarian woman that spoke no English. And she was like, got the map and she was like, you are here. Yeah, <laughs> we, were just... we were literally in like the antrum of Northern Ireland, so far <laughs> out of Belfast that the woman was like, how did you get here? And Kiva Drummond was not happy, even though we found it kind of funny, but it was yeah. 6am. <laughs> the subway, and we had a subway on the bus too, do you remember that? Yeah, that was a nightmare night. Um, back to, um, we'll go, we'll talk, we'll discuss Francis McDermott because... Uh, when you picked this film I I went I went into a big dark hole of her and watching her accept her Oscar awards for she was so she won best actress for this and she's like a very like obviously you've seen her in three billboards she's a very unique actress the way that she commanded that role you'd think a mother whose daughter was murdered would be like overly emotional and like appropriately so but she's like angry and beats everyone up she's very good at characterization and she won so many awards for three billboards and I was watching all of her acceptance speeches and she literally just like saunters on stage like literally like a lad like shoulders go in and she just like stands up just not the sweet female lead that you expect from other Hollywood actresses she doesn't feel the need to appeal to her fans she's pretty badass did you enjoy three billboards did you enjoy her yeah so I've seen three billboards only once and I watched it on a plane. I can't remember where I was going. Oh, did you? Whatever. Good place to watch it. It was back a few years ago, but I remember I did really, really love that movie. I thought it was a great movie. And I remember, I remember a few tears as well. I think there was a few oh, tears. A few yeah. liquids like the eyeballs. Yeah, we saw the eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've only watched it the once as well, but actually now that we were discussing it, I would definitely watch it again yeah. because it is a she's just I just think she's amazing and she's one of the few people that's won what they call like the triple crown of acting which is like an Oscar and Emmy and a Tony Award she's like so I just think she's so cool at the Oscars in 2018 when she won Best Actress for the film she made all the female filmmakers like the actresses the producers directors probably only about two producers and directors but made them all stand up with her and be like you know this is for us so yeah she she's excellent and this is a great film even though we we didn't watch it we should probably watch it I was thinking you know all these movies we've talked about I think I should watch again yeah I think we should definitely watch Fargo again because I I think it it is actually really good and we were just being we just wanted to watch a Disney film we just didn't have much appreciation for culture and now we are refined 23 or 24 year old sophisticated ladies yeah yeah and three billboards yeah, and three. Yeah, we'll we'll have a Frances McDormand night of celebration. Yes, because she's class. Well, except that, based like very highly regarded film. In this in this lockdown that we're in, we all need some TLC. How are you coping in your noggin? Eh, I mean, the only. Do you know what? I we're at, like I'm thankful I have a job because if I wasn't yeah. working, 
I suppose I would probably be in uni already, but if I wasn't working, I would be going crazy. And I've been yeah. tr- like literally, I go to work three days a week, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's 12 hour shifts and it literally kills mm-hmm. me. And like, that's the only thing I have to do is go for walks and go to work. And oh, it's been so grim. It's been so hard. Me and Ben were talking so intensely about how, like, this is just not how we imagined our 20s. Like, it's kind of like being in prison, but we didn't do anything wrong. No, I know. It's awful. So not great. (laughs) But, you know, if you need some good vibes and happy thoughts to get you through the end of 2020, what would your comfort film be? So two comfort films. Have to have to give you two because I couldn't I can't narrow it down anymore. It was it it was so hard to narrow this down. Honestly, my Mm. head I couldn't I just couldn't figure it out because there's so many. But so I would say number one, super bad. Great, let's discuss super bad. Super bad. So I hadn't watched super bad, which is really really per. I know I know. Are you telling me you hadn't seen it before? No, I hadn't seen it, which is really bad because I actually love all the actors and like. I love Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, and I love Seth Rogen. I just don't know how it kind of like passed me by because it's top tier daft yeah, film. It is. It's like one of those, I, I've probably seen it about, honestly, 20, 25. Like I have seen it a lot of times. Literally know every word of the movie, but so, every time I watch it, it's still, I'll still laugh. Like it's still. I, I knew, I knew all the quotes and stuff. I couldn't, I could get onto the, like, I could get down with the kids on Superbad. Like I could, I could understand the kind of jokes but I didn't actually know what happened I didn't know the plot so we yeah. tell any other NAF people that haven't seen it but I presume most people already have seen it what the kind of uh, premise of the film is so it's two best friends so it's two boys Seth and Evan they're in final year of school and they're going to college the year after and like they're always they're always saying like oh they're going to go to college together and like planning their life in college together and stuff yeah. um and Seth has always been in love with this girl and Evan is in love with Becca <laughs> literally right and they make out this plan um Seth is like uh, oh I want to get laid like they call it laid I'm, actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just trying to like be with the get, baby getting their hole is fine yes <laughs> before they go to college because they're like oh I don't want to go to college and not do this or whatever and there's all this story behind it the the four of them like have kind of, like they've known each other since they were young yeah so the four of the four of the people like they've known each other ever since they were young or whatever um obviously there's way more funniness but um Emma Stone decides she's gonna have this party I can't remember what the party is to celebrate but they're having this party I think it's their like last day of school actually yeah it's like some sort of mad crazy party and <laughs> um Fogel is another one of their friends the third friend but he's kind of like the runt of the group like they don't yeah. really take him seriously and he goes I don't know whether to go into spoilers but do you know what I'm sure everyone in, in yeah, just go for, yeah. and um he goes and gets a fake ID McLovin <laughs> goes this one name fake ID so, oh god even thinking about it and so they're like saying to Emma I call her Emma but that's not her name Emma Stone um, that he's got this fake ID and to get them alcohol for the party. So the whole thing, a lot, like a, a big part of this movie is firstly them trying to get alcohol for this party and where it takes them and the crazy things that happen. Like they end up in this like 30 year old party and this madness happens. And then they eventually make it to Emma's party and mm. things happen. 
and that's just the whole thing of the movie it's just basically a movie about yeah, it's a actually yeah it's literally just like one night out I yeah. thought it was going to be like a long film but it, it it did actually make me um LMAO like I laughed out loud yeah during some parts of it like I think McLovin is just like the best character ever so and I was thinking I was thinking throughout it so I was like so there's like three it's like a group of three question to you out of like Seth Evan so like Jonah Hill, Mike Sierra and yep. McLovin who would you say is those characters out of me you and Abby because I know I've picked in my head oh oh my god that's such a hard I wasn't expecting that question I thought you were gonna say like which one would you go for out of the three <laughs> um none um Evan <laughs> <laughs> no actually um, I'm a I'm a massive Jonah Hill fan. Like, if I had to marry anyone in Hollywood, I'd marry Jonah Hill. Maybe not in 2007. Like, maybe not when he's gotten a bit more attractive. But, like, I love that man. Um, Who would be who? Okay. Abby's definitely Evan. Yeah. Yeah. Abby, yeah. easy. Yeah. So, you and I. I don't know. Oh, God. So... I need some justification. You had, you, had a, you had a fake idea when you were younger. I didn't. So, you're going to be Fogel. Great justification, very, very weak. Really do miss my fake ID. And my mum and dad have actually found it. They found it during lockdown. They were like, what's this? And I was like, that's how I purchased my alcohol as a 15-year-old. Where did it, it was, say you were from? It had my actual address on it. Yeah, it was not so stupid. <laughs> well, I almost got it taken off me at the Crown Bar off licence. And I came out and I had the shakes. It was, I actually remember it very well. We were, this. we were going to Sophie Hutton's for a house party. And I used to get every, I used to get people's drink. Like I used to get people that were like, so we were like fourth year, I used to get like fifth year's drink and like the third year's drink. And I was just such a woman of the world. Yeah. And I went to the crown bar and I'd been the night, the like day before to get my own drink for this party. Cause remember we used to get drink like weeks in advance for like a big house oh, party. Oh yeah, yeah. And have it stored. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I went in to get Dara some drink and I went in, the one was like, just looked at me and she went, this is fake. And I was like, no, it's not. She goes, it's fake. And I was like, it's not. And she goes, I'm going to take it off you and give it to the police. And I just start crying my eyes out. And she gave it back to me. Do you know what, though, Claire? Out of all the bars you could you could have went to, all of the off licenses, the Crown Bar, the worst one. I know, that is, that was it. But I'd been the, night, yes, the day before, so I thought I was in the safe zone. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you, do you, what was the greatest length that we went to to get drink when we were, like, 15, 16? greatest lengths I would say most of the time we just stood outside Tesco's in town and just asked strangers to get us out I was no I know I was thinking that was all we actually did like we didn't have a big oh, oh god actually no yeah. <laughs> so I would say there's this place in Jordanstown I'm not naming any names <laughs> there's a place in Jordanstown any of my fellow Jordanstowners would know the place and uh, it's a taxi depot I was talking to someone about this place the other day. The taxi depot. I remember you used to go in and like you didn't even need a fake ID. You didn't even need an ID. Like you were literally 14 years old and you'd just go in and be like, excuse me, um, would I be able to buy a bark of strong will, please? Or like a 10 glass of vodka, please? And they'd literally like all hush hush in this taxi depot and you would just give them your money and like they would give you it back. But, but like they must have something. charged. They must have charged like. like yeah, it was like know, 10 like, points for a bar- for a barrack of strongbow it was like Gosh. super like it was expensive having the, but that was ballsy they're like having the balls to go into a taxi depot full of like older men like mm. really scary men and ask for alcohol like or that would be probably I think that's the that would be the strangest thing 
but I think I remember like standing outside Tesco's in town when we used to, I remember it was before one of your house parties and we asked this like big really tall guy that was like a goth or something we used to give them like 50 quid and trust yeah. that they were going to come back yeah. with alcohol they could have just taken our money they probably yeah, have but, but we can't remember they probably have but we blanked it out because that would make um that would have been a very depressing tale mm-hmm. anyway back onto the point at hand which is who's Fogel and who is Seth so I decided that you're Fogel because Fogel really lucks out in all of this like he doesn't get caught with his fake ID he ends up having like a crazy great night he's so lucky and like has like this like amazing last night where he gets to drink with these police officers and you luck out on every single night out that you just mm-hmm. shouldn't luck out on true you don't know what I never thought of it that way that's actually very true he seems to not even be involved like he not is not involved in any of the crazy drama he gets out by the skin of his teeth and has an absolutely great night he is a belter he's such a good night like I'm actually a bit jealous I'm like (laughs) girl in the end remember he just like he really looks out it's actually quite a lovely beautiful film for him I'm just like you don't normally get to see the geek yeah win so much yeah it, it was it's great it's like a, it really like warms your heart yeah you really cheer him on you're like yeah McLovin you go for it mm-hmm. and it's quite sweet when the police officers actually admit they're like we knew that you obviously weren't 25 we just wanted you to like have a good night and yeah. appreciate the police yeah. force but yeah so at least we've decided who's who in that scenario yeah. do you remember the first time watching it because it was actually yeah. released before we even started BRA it's like 2007 yeah prehistoric no do you know what I actually I do not I don't remember the first time I watched it but I, I know I was young so like it was definitely like before it should have been my humor do you know like I would have watched it whenever I was really young and like I didn't get it well like I would have got parts but like do you know it would have been one of those movies where I was like oh I shouldn't I probably shouldn't be watching this like this is so crude yeah but, like, I can appreciate it and I still love it but definitely watched it whenever I was really young yeah, so Seth Rogen mm-hmm. um, wrote it and it's actually based on his childhood or like teenage experience. Stop, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, though he started writing the script like 13 years before it was like released or something. It's insane. He was meant to play like Jonah Hill's part. Yeah. Because Jonah Hill plays him. Yeah. That's why it's called Seth. And then his co-writer was a guy called Evan. Oh, um, I didn't know that either. But I actually rate Seth Rogen. I think even though his films are always daft and like so stupid, like yeah. the quality of his comedies are very, very high tier. I really yeah. like, like, is it Bad Neighbours? Is his other film with um, James Zach Franco? No, is it? Oh yeah, Zach Efron. Yeah, yeah. yeah Zach Efron's in it. Yeah. And James Franco's actually in Superbad as well. James Franco? No, maybe or Dave James Franco. Franco. I don't know, I get that mixed up. I get that mixed James up. James Younger is the younger Franco. James is the older Franco. Oh, I think it must which, be James Franco. It which part? Which part? Can you remember? He plays, he's like literally just like on the pitch when um, Evan's playing soccer. Oh he, my I, God. Is that the one? And and Seth's like, you peed your pants? Yeah. And yeah. Like, um, yes, <laughs> yeah. I think that's Dave. I think that's Dave Franco, not James. But oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. I'll have to double check though. If you know, if you're getting depressed during this lockdown, uh, we definitely watch Super Bad. Really good. Oh, Me and Rory. Rory was saying it was misogynistic and stuff and of course it is to a degree but as a female woman I actually really I get the crack I think it's really funny yeah it is it is sorry feminism but it's one of those ones where like you know you know it's bad but I still think it's you know you're getting yourself into it I'm not offended by it so I mean yeah yeah. so that's one of your comfort films what's the other comfort film other end of the spectrum how to train your dragon so I think Mari's said this was her comfort film as well um, <laughs> did she I actually have never seen it because one of my infamous exes 
holds this as his favorite film so obviously like the mature adult that I am I will never watch it but what makes it so stand out for you as an animated film as an animated film I just loved like the whole story behind it like I thought it was so sweet it's basically like how they treat the dragons like for me it's almost like pet dogs I think these animals are so scary and then it turns out that they're really really sweet like that's what I just love it's just such a feel good but again I'm pretty sure I, I had a few salty salty eyes with that one as well even though I said yeah. at the start of this podcast that I don't cry a lot but you know what upon reflection it's probably a big fat lie I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie Gabby I know you say you don't cry a lot but what my cousin's wife calls you crying Gabby because of that photo in Adrian <laughs> like that is your full name for her is crying Gabby but you know <laughs> you don't cry it's fine <laughs> but yeah um so how to train your dragon the director is actually the same director that did Lilo and Stitch which is my Love favorite animated film yep. so I think I probably should watch this film and do like it but it's also in that new age animated mm. film so I just haven't got into like are you a Frozen fan? Mm, it wouldn't be my favorite like I, I don't love it is that really bad well I haven't actually seen it because I just gave up with the new age animations mm. like I think post like 2005 I stopped watching it except for Moana which is a great animated oh film. I disagree I don't like <gasps> Moana you didn't like Moana why what's what was just, I, don't know. I couldn't understand I didn't understand what was happening I can't it, I really remember was... the whole premise like I just I don't they're know. in like Fiji or somewhere like that. I just don't know if I, if I, my wee brain couldn't understand. Like I didn't understand the premise of the movie. I didn't know what she was searching for, like what Moana was searching for. And I didn't I understand why the waves were, were just making, not being, al- I just couldn't understand. I just didn't get it. Yeah, to be fair, I, when I look back, all I can he- like see is some pretty colours and hear that. There was yeah. just some good oh, love the on movie. there. I love the soundtrack. Yeah. I didn't um, understand it. Yeah, I, I, actually don't have any counter argument to that because I don't really remember what the plot was <laughs> is there any um characters to note in How to Train Your Dragon that make it so sweet I would say my favorite character is Toothless the dragon Toothless. okay so is that the main dragon that yeah. I did look up and I know the main village kid in it or viking kid I think they're vikings yeah. right and mm-hmm. um, it's called yeah, Hiccup yeah Hiccup. So, so his dragon that he decides not to kill it's actually really like not brutal but like quite a traumatizing yeah kids film because like they kill these dragons there's yeah. no killing yeah it's it's weird because it's obviously like they kill these dragons because they think they're so scary and so evil and like all of this stuff which I mean you can kind of see how that's similar to a lot of wild animals right now how people are just yeah. killing them because they think they're so scary and mad but if you just left them alone I'm sure they'd be fine but this this dragon which is Hiccup's dragon toothless is just so cute does they speak? Do they speak? Do the no, speak? no, no, they don't speak. Yeah. They just make noise and give you like eyes where you know what they're saying, but they don't, I don't think they speak. So are they Scottish? Are they all Scottish, the Viking people? I think they're supposed to be, but they don't have, not all, like Hiccup doesn't have a Scottish accent. I thought I heard some Scottish accents and then all I could think of was that Shrek is like the be all and end all when it comes to Scottish accents and yeah. films. So again, was putting me off watching it, but yeah. It might be on over Christmas, so I might watch it. I might just Good. like put my my emotional baggage from the ex that loves it um out, out the window and yeah. actually watch And there's show. a few of them too. I think there's two or three. So I mean you've got a whole There's my five days of lockdown Christmas yeah. sorted. Mm-hmm. Won't be speaking to my family, I'll be watching on Junior Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so Gabby, you've actually picked some good films. I'm actually surprised that you didn't pick Lord of the Rings. So yeah, well, so that was on my list, but the reason I didn't was because 
there's obviously three and mm. it's a trilogy it is a comfort film but it's not one it's not one where if I'm feeling really really sad or upset that I would put on because I mean it's not a happy trilogy I would say that's I would say that's the contrast trilogy that was ever made but it's not happy yeah I know how passionately you feel about Lord of the Rings and how much I haven't seen it I know that you make make people sit down and watch it yeah I am a disgrace I'll put my hands up and say it but I think that's the difference between Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter for example Harry Potter I would say is comfort film and you would switch it on if you were like yeah yeah I recently did watch Harry Potter and I mean I would say like the first up until the Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter, you would say would be comfort films, but then obviously yeah. from Goblet of Fire onwards, they're not. But I just think with Lord of the Rings, I don't think I would call that a comfort film. I would call it iconic and I would watch them a lot. I would argue with you on the Harry Potter though, because my favourite Harry Potter is the last one. And I think it's such a comfort film because they all bound oh, together. Yeah. Hogwarts. yeah, the last one. But they're, they are dark, like they get darker after the Goblet of Fire. So I get you on that. But I'm glad that we don't have to talk about Lord of the Rings because I'd have nothing to say. I know. Imagine I, I said, do you know what? My, my comfort film is the Lord of the Rings trilogy and I made you go and spend nine hours of your life watching the Lord of the Rings before this podcast. You I are too that. gracious. I, mean, I was just thinking of you when I answered this question. Thank you. You're, you're so selfless. <laughs> so we're on to the grand finale. It is the palm door of the pandemic either a great film that you've seen during lockdown or a great film all in all so you've already picked a palm door with Fargo well a possible palm door what are you going for in this so I'm going for Gone Girl okay great film um was very celebrated when it came out I was I was thinking oh this is great I've already seen it I don't need to I don't need to like even do any notes or anything like that turns out I've seen Girl on a Train I, I got them mixed up and I don't know how you got those mixed up because there's a girl in the in the title no but they also came out at very similar times so girl in the train is actually Emily Blunt and I'm pretty sure someone dies or someone goes missing in it as well oh but you did watch did you watch Gone Girl I don't know think I don't know if I've seen it or not I, I understand the premise and we should go through it for anyone that hasn't watched yes. it. So it's a psychological thriller whereby a woman goes missing and her husband is the prime suspect. I'm going to have to get a lot of spoilers out of you because I don't know if I've seen it or I can't remember if I've seen it. So are we going full spoiler here? Are you going Full to- spoilers. I want the full, like everyone can switch off now if they want. But I, I the actress in it who is Rosamund Pike, I won a lot of awards for it and she's like, pretty creepy and I have these vague recollections that I have seen it from her performance but Mm -hmm. can you give me a bit more to see if I've actually seen it yes so Ben Affleck the main actor is married to a girl I don't even I can't remember their character names even though I watched it quite quite recently um and obviously as the title suggests Gone Girl she disappears they've no idea what happens to her he comes home and she's gone and then they open up this investigation and a police investigation and they think it was him that murdered her they do this investigation and then they find a few well he finds a few clues as to where like she's gone or like has she been killed or whatever and it turns out like full twist plot twist that she planned her own death so he was having an affair right to frame her death on him so she makes herself disappear and has this plan, like I said, at this time, like she's a psychopath, like she's completely insane. Whereas like she's going to kill herself and leave her body somewhere so that when the police find it, a twist happens in the movie and her plan goes tits up and she can't do that anymore. So she goes back. 
she asks this guy for help who's completely in love with her. She's always been a psychopath, you see. She's always been completely crazy. She ends up killing this this other guy, like brutally murders him. Like this, the movie is, her, it's really graphic. Like brutally murders this guy and then comes back and has to change her whole storyline and says, oh, actually I was abducted. And basically he has got no way of proving that like the madness that's gone on. So yeah. he just lives with her. And at the end of the movie, like, you don't see them breaking up like he just has to stay with her like why does he stay with her if she's committed a crime a murder because she said something I can't remember the very or what what is the the leverage that she has on him as to why he has to stay but in the end it's something like if you leave I can still frame you or something like that but there's a reason he can't leave in the end so he lives I haven't watched this film but I'm interested why it's your palm door because obviously it didn't stick out my mind as like especially anime I know I know um, critically people loved it and loved it did you read the book no 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 um and people say well people say it's a really good adaption of the book and people are obsessed with it but it didn't stand up in my mind so I'm just wondering why it's your palm door because I think it was because the first time I the first time I watched it was during it was only a few weeks ago maybe like three weeks ago okay so it is a pandemic palm door finally it's my pandemic palm door like I hadn't so I'd never seen it before I'd never, I'd heard of it, but I had no idea what the plot was. Like, was going into this movie completely blind, had no idea okay. what was happening. It's not like I, like people had told me, oh, this madness happens. I really had no idea. So whenever yeah. I watched it, I was like, like, I honestly <laughs> was like completely blown away. I was like, what the hell? It's is so this? unfortunate that this is a podcast and people will not know what <laughs> Gabby just tried to um, pull off my seat. <laughs> <laughs> fall of her seat as a way of saying how good this film is <laughs> yeah it, it was it because obviously the first time I'd seen it and basically the story was uh, I was in bed and I really wanted to watch a feel-good movie so I'd said I'd said I'll to watch Connor, a psychological drama <laughs> no this is what happened I'd said to Connor right can we watch a feel-good movie whatever and he was like oh yeah I've got this good like this really good feel-good movie you'll really enjoy it blah 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 this is at like 12 o'clock at night put this movie on and to say it traumatized me was he put this on and told you it was a feel-good film yes he put this on and said what kind of sneaky salmon is he and I literally was watching this like at 1am couldn't he couldn't even breathe was like what am I watching like get this off I I don't think I'm gonna be able to watch this this is not what I was prepared for (laughs) like like, would you say it holds would you say it holds you in suspense for the the duration of the film like are you waiting until the last scenes to really absolutely so it's it's directed by uh, David Fincher who's famous for Fight Club which we spoke about on have you seen Fight Club yes love Fight Club so I didn't love Fight Club Coity picked it as his palm door I the reason I didn't love Fight Club is because it was just too like mind-bending for me and almost to the point where I was like this just isn't anything anymore yeah okay and it's 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 a very deep thinking film yeah. I thought Fight Club see I think because I thought Fight Club was this like nice little club where all these men went and fought and no. they like became friends but actually it's just like me- it's so messed up I just yeah. didn't enjoy it in the end um and he also did uh The Social Network which oh uh, I haven't seen you haven't seen The Social Network and Social no. Network's brilliant we actually watched it a few weeks ago very good film and he's also done Benjamin Button those three films are like incredibly different so you've got like yeah. Fight Club which is just like mind altering you're never gonna think of life the same again yeah. The Social Network is just like a biographical this is what happened to Mark Zuckerberg and is a, yeah. it's just a, a, a recount of events and then Benjamin Button I would say is a feel-good film 
I don't think I've seen Benjamin Button. Oh, it's so good. It's this little old man and then he turns into like a young, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just I, I, I know the plot, but I don't think I've ever seen the movie. I really like the, it's not like a, it's not like a life altering or it's not something if, if someone said, oh, I want to watch a film, I wouldn't be like, watch Benjamin Button. It's a great, it's like, it's, it's just a good film. It's just like mm-hmm. a nice film and like has some kind of themes about time and how time works. And it's quite a good film for like lockdown. You should watch it. Yeah. But like, I'm not saying like, it's gonna, it's not gonna be in your top 10. Yeah, Gone Girl, like everyone raved about it when it came out. And it's, it's I, I don't know if anyone's picked a thriller as their palm door. So interesting really? one from you. Yeah, yeah I don't mm-hmm. think so. Well, I don't know. I've done so many episodes now, I can't remember anything. I can barely remember yesterday. <laughs> I have no brain activity anymore. Lockdown's great. Gabby, you've killed it. You've done really well. I was expecting a lot more trash from you. Um, oh, I should thanks. really, yeah, not that I had low expectations. I just didn't realise you were going to have such critically acclaimed great films and I'd actually watch most of them so this has been low effort very easy um episode for me yeah well neither did I to be honest it's just I was thinking about them and I didn't even like it's not I didn't even pick ones that I thought would be critically acclaimed I just kind of went you're actually a film commenter I think you should start a film podcast oh your number one competitor at the minute I'm just I've got the monopoly I've got no no competition whatsoever within our group I'd like someone else to start a wish I could have kept in the multiple times Gabby said mom I'm doing a podcast can you stop or Viv interjecting with we did have a fake ID we picked it up in Carrick but unfortunately I'm trying to keep this somewhat professional unless of the amateur are that it truly is she really impressed me in this episode a budding competitor if only she knew how to use technology then I might be slightly worried so I'm uh, truly missing tier three it's been over a week of tier two in London and I'm tempted to ring Santander and claim that I've been a victim of fraud because unfortunately, it, I just have an inability to say no to just one more drink. Roll on January 2021 for more isolation. And some exciting news for the next episode. We have the Fresh Prince of Lisboa. And it's not a lockdown recording. It's the first in flesh episode. So please come back next week to cure your tier two hangovers. I've been Claire. This has been Films for the Many. And I am hating the return of formal socialising. <laughs>